MSP Marketing in Bite-Sized Bits. It's easier than you think with MKLink. To get more of MKLink's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org. Copywriting for MSPs, Part 12. For a quick recap, last time we looked at multiple closes, then linear paths, then suggestive questions, and then asking your prospects how serious they are, either directly or indirectly. And now I'm going to talk about assuming the sale. So when talking, writing, or communicating an offer to your prospects, it can pay dividends to assume that they're going to buy or take action. And when you communicate in an assumptive way, it conveys a feeling of confidence in yourself, and it's very compelling. So rather than saying something like, would you like to invest in this email protection service and you'll sleep better at night? You could say something like, when you invest in this email protection service, you'll sleep better at night. Now, admittedly, it's a small shift, but all these small changes add up and compound to give you more sales over time. And a quick note about introducing the price before the offer. Your price or any price has no meaning until the value of the offer is fully understood. So consequently, somebody seeing a price prematurely may easily go away, also prematurely, and not be sold because they can't equate the value. And you may have seen people making this mistake when they offer something like 10% off at the top of an advert or something similar. And to my mind, it cheapens the copy. And more importantly, 10% of anything has no meaning until you know what the 10% represents in the first place. And crucially, 10% or 20% or any discount or any price has no meaning until the prospect has the desire for the product or the service in the first place. So the price needs to come after the value has been generated. Now, talking about prices, here's a quick note about establishing a high price value for your offer. And unless you're selling a commodity, people are unlikely to know the exact monetary value of your product or service until you tell them. This means that you need to build value into your price. So, for example, as a managed service provider, you'll have products and services that can save time and or generate your business clients significant revenue and time, as well as reducing hassle and worry. So your price should reflect that value. So therefore, when you introduce your price, it should seem small compared to the benefits that they gain. And very often people blurt out that they charge X pounds per user per month, but they don't really offer any real explanation of what that entails or the value that they're getting, which is crazy. Try and remember that your pricing should ideally reflect the value provided, not the cost to you as provider. So as an example, a packet of paracetamol headache tablets can range from a few pence to a few pounds, depending on where you shop. And the ingredients are pretty much the same anyway. But when you've got a painful headache, the price is almost irrelevant. And you'll gladly pay five pounds for some headache pills when there's some speed or some convenience involved. So wherever possible, add up all the monetary benefits of your product or service so that the purchase of it is a no-brainer when it comes to the price. Furthermore, try and make your offer different so that you're not simply competing on price. And that can involve bundling other services or points of value so you're not simply being compared like for like. Otherwise, that's going to result in a race to the bottom, which no one wants. To try and make sure that you're comparing apples with pineapples and that your pineapples are more attractive and valuable than the cheaper apples they're being compared with. Now let's have a quick look about reframing money. Back in the day when I used to sell AA breakdown cover in the mid-90s for a while after college whilst I was learning to sell 
before I set up MKLink. One of the most useful devices I used was reframing the price. And instead of presenting the price of the breakdown cover, and it was £70 or whatever it cost in those days, I used to explain that the prospects would be fully covered and that for just 19 pence a day, whenever they got into a car, they knew that they'd be able to get home. Now, 19 pence a day to be able to get home from anywhere in the UK is a lot more bite-sized than £70. And this technique involves matching. Because I was involving the prospect in a conversation about their daily driving, I mean, who drives once a year, it's appropriate to discuss the investment as an almost negligible daily amount. And as an aside, try and remember to use the word investment when describing your services rather than the word cost. And as the saying goes, the words we use help us win or lose. Anyway, I digress. In comparison with petrol, insurance, servicing, tyres, batteries, parking, road tax and everything else, reframing the investment as just 19 pence a day was an absolute no-brainer to ensure that people had the peace of mind to get home whatever happened. And additionally, you can equate the money to something that the prospect wouldn't think twice about spending money on in the first place. In this case, 19p is less than a fifth of a lottery ticket, for example. And people instinctively know that getting into a car is a lottery. So if you've got something important that equates to a few pounds per day, try equating it to something frivolous like a Starbucks coffee or something else that's disposable and non-essential. So the important thing, i.e. the managed services, should be presented as something that's essential but still less expensive than something frivolous. This is because we can then use the logical part of our decision-making to rationalise the decision to invest in something important that's cheaper than something that's less important but more expensive. And similarly, we can reframe time. In just the same way that 19 pence per day is significantly more acceptable than £70 a year, an hour a week is just eight and a half minutes a day. So if you've got some kind of software or platform or process that takes four hours per month to use or maintain or manage, that's an hour a week or eight and a half minutes a day. So again, equate it with something perceived as trivial like making a morning cup of tea or making a sandwich. And conversely, if your product or service saves time, then this needs to be reframed as something of value to them. So let's say an AI platform that you offer can help them save just five minutes a day by intelligently getting rid of spam better than before. Now, five minutes a day is 25 minutes per working week or about 1,200 minutes a year. That's 20 hours or two and a half working days. So you could reframe that by asking what they do with an extra two and a half days holiday. Would they have a weekend in Paris or New York, for example? Again, the Paris trip, which sounds exotic and valuable, needs to be contrasted against saving just five minutes a day because five minutes a day doesn't sound valuable. So that's how you create the value out of the five minutes a day. Alternatively, you could equate the time with the money. So those five minutes a day equate to two and a half days a year, which is likely worth hundreds of pounds, either saved or gained as the individual will become more productive. And when it comes to making the decision to do something that involves a commitment of resources, remember that all things being equal, business people usually want things to be either quick or easy or simple or low cost or low risk, all for high rewards. So those are the dimensions that you'll need to play around with and reframe if you can. Now here's a quick note about avoiding words that suggest too much commitment. And what I mean by that is avoid words like buy now and replace them with start using the system now or confirm your reservation. Again, try not to use sign up for email registration because it sounds like they're enlisting in the army. Use something more positive. And also, as a quick aside, nobody wants any more spam. So saying sign up for our newsletter is likely to be ineffective anyway. So here's some less onerous sounding suggestions. 
join our community or get updates or stay informed or be the first to know or follow us or connect with us or access exclusive content. So just to repeat, don't make your call to action sound onerous or hard work or involve too much commitment. And where you can, make your course action stand out. If you're using buttons, especially if you've got an online shop, try use the colour orange. And Amazon have spent an awful lot of time and trouble testing that. And you can have something red near the button, not on the button, but near the button, because red's a trigger colour. And you could try a green mouse over effect on the button itself. If you've got a big offer, try a red and yellow dotted cutout line, a bit like a coupon around the offer. And I've personally had good success with that. And we'll talk more about how to colour and frame the calls to action next time. MSP Marketing in Bite sized Bits. It's easier than you think with MKLink. To get more of MKLink's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org.